All right, my peoples, this is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with yet another edition of Never Out of Bounds. We're going to get it cracking. Uh, we're going to try to breeze through this on your Saturday afternoon. It's a little bit rainy out here, and I got to be to work a little bit later. But let's get right into it with the word on the street. And it looks like more Trump's people are under watch. Uh, federal prosecutors have demanded Trump's inauguration community, uh, committee excuse me, to give them all documents referring to donor finances, activities, and all also benefits. Uh, subpoena was also sent out on Monday and that was uh, issued to the uh, committee's attorney. Uh, speaking of subpoenas, a bunch of people related to Trump, uh, including the acting attorney general uh, Matthew Whitaker, is also getting possible subpoenas as well it's almost like an Oprah spree, spree you get a you you get a subpoena you get a subpoena so it's going all over the place but uh pretty much these prosecutors at this point want to find out uh, if there were any foreign donors i.e russians or you know whoever have you and if staff members were aware of its legality meaning were they aware of it being illegal which i would imagine that they should or you know, maybe they shouldn't be getting hired there. I mean, come on now. I, I know that. And I've never done anything on a campaign trail. But I would imagine uh, taking in foreign donors would be maybe. Well, I wouldn't say it would be necessarily illegal, but definitely questionable and, and against ethics. It's something I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't advise somebody to do. And uh, apparently the big issue also is Trump raising $107 million during his campaign. Uh, this was about double Obama and I believe, uh, who was he running against last uh, election? Well, uh, it, it's been one of the highest, uh, one of the highest campaign, uh, tr uh, you know, donations uh, recent years. So they wanted to question that, who was behind that, who backed that. Of course, uh, we're seeing a lot of Russian agents uh, being charged. Uh, just recently, the boyfriend of uh, Kremlin agent, uh, what's her name? Maria Butina. I talked about her uh, during the summer. Uh, her boyfriend was also indicted as well for some charges stemming from that situation as well. So it's a very, especially with all the, the nuclear, the nuclear deal talks, it's very um, funny how this is unraveling. There's a lot of, uh, you know, sides of the story. I'm going to have to dig deeper because again, uh, there is Trump pulling out of that treaty uh, with Russia. So Again, they're trying to, to tie the two together, uh, but the pulling out of the arms treaty, in my opinion, opinion the, the nuclear treaty, throws a wrench, in my opinion, into that. So I got to dig a little bit deeper. I'll have to let you guys in a little bit more on that as I as I get to it as well, because I think it's very important. Uh, but moving on, uh, this is a I wouldn't. Well, this is a funnier story, and I want to I want to stick these in here every now and again because there's so much seriousness going on in the world, and there's so much going on in the sports world. Sometimes uh, you want to. I want to get you guys to laugh a little bit. Let's give you some a little bit lighthearted, a little bit lighter hearted. Uh, this is weird, uh, but uh, let's see. What, let's see. Now we got we got. I got this. I got this story. I came across a couple of days ago, and uh, like I said, it was very weird. And uh, let's go into it. It talks about the city commissioner out in Madeira Beach, Florida. Her name is Nancy Oakley. She served two terms between two, uh, 2007 and 2013 and also between two, uh, 2017 and 2019. Uh, she resigned Tuesday after being accused of licking her, her co-workers on their faces and groping them at staff events. Uh, in a letter, she basically states, I maintain my innocence and I'm pursuing the paths of appeals available. Okay. Uh, it is time. Uh, she also went on to say, it's time for us to move on. Uh, 
Uh, a 27 complaint made with the Commission of Florida Ethics uh, by former Beach City manager, uh, his name is Shane Crawford. He described Oakley's unwanted sexual advances. Advances. Now check this out, guys. Now apparently they were at this um, this bonfire type situation, uh, but he. Also, uh, he goes on to talk, well, actually, it wasn't a bonfire, it was a fishing event in 2012, uh, where at Crawford, Shane Crawford, the uh, the city manager, he was reproached by Oakley. He was talking to his executive assistant. I won't name her and all that. She's not necessarily a big player in this, but again, uh, she was a part of this you know, situation, but she was approached by Oakley, uh, who was intoxicated at the time, she proceeded to basically cuss out the uh, the executive assistant because she's female, by the way. Uh, she was very apparently she was jealous. She had that eye for this guy Crawford, so she had to get her some of that. So she, you know, basically scares the girl off, uh, and she attempts to. Well, no, she actually goes in and does it. Uh, according to his complaint, she then. God and you and see you guys don't get it because you guys got to look up her picture if you guys look up the story you see her picture this is why I need to get on YouTube because I for sure put her picture out there because this is what makes it even just gross in the vile but and also it's another point that I wanted to bring up too but I'll get to that she then grabbed the man by his crotch slowly licked him up his face uh, from his Adam's apple and then she went on to approach uh, the assistant, uh, the assistant, and try to punch her, but she missed, of course, because she's drunk. But uh, Crawford avoided a subsequent con uh, confrontation with her in order to keep basically the peace around his job. Uh, he said there was a lot of, you know, because I'm guessing as a city commissioner, she was in a, you know, position slightly above his. And that just goes on. Uh, I wanted to go on and make another point and and say that it looks like, you know men do those type of things and we always hearing about men doing those type of things and taking advantage of some some woman um but obviously it goes both ways so and that's another reason why i wanted to talk about this one uh there's so much you know i'm not saying it's not due it's not uh warranted at times but uh this was unwarranted these were unwarranted actions unwanted actions and i figured i'd talk about this too to make this a fair playing field uh yeah, because I think that's very weird. And again, if you look at that woman's picture, you would not. That's not the type of woman. I'm being honest with you. That's not the type of woman you want to lick on you. And 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 for real, you know, honestly, that doesn't matter because this is a professional environment. It shouldn't no woman be licking on you or grabbing at your genitals anyway and vice versa. So, you know, I, I think, you know, we need to start putting this out there on all ends and, and saying if this is a problem, well, Let's talk about it. Uh, she also uh, went on to uh, sexually, well, now I wouldn't say sexually, well, yeah, you could call it that in a way. Uh, she also went on to sexually assault another one of her co-workers, uh, Dave Marciano, and he's the director of the city's public works department and the marina. Uh, she went on to basically do the same thing at another staff meeting, basically lick his face and grab his genitals. What is up with her licking faces? See, that's a woman that got some serious issues. And she figured she can get away with it because of her position. See, just like a dude, just like a dude, but no, no national outrage. This is fine. See, no, that's unprofessional. And I'll be the first to say it. That's very unprofessional. Nobody wants to have their genitals grabbed at work. Am I right, ladies? Right. Gosh, we don't want that either. So don't don't start. No, no, don't start with that. We're going to make this 50 50. She gets to be she gets to be the dumb bunny of today. 
And the state is now saying that she has violated the state's ethics code and uh, she will be facing some type of fine in the near future. So, you know what? That's one silver line. I think she should, she should be fined. The maximum the state should allow, that's unprofessional because especially being her position, she's a city commissioner. Uh, that's very, uh, very distasteful. And I think she should be fined the maximum amount uh, in the state for those type of uh, ethics violations. But for now, uh, I'm going to move on and we're going to get into some NBA talks. Uh, we're going to talk about these trade rumors and all that, at least for the Pelicans. I'm also going to talk about some trade action that actually went down, uh, especially specifically on the de- on the deadline. So we're going to be talking about that as well. And then I'm going to wrap everything up today. I recently saw Aquaman uh, a couple days ago, so I'm also going to talk a little bit about that as well, give you guys a little bit of a review on that. And I'll wrap things up with that all right y'all i will be right back all right y'all i am back uh like again like i said i was gonna get into some trade talks going down in the nba uh let's get through these through the more notable trades that actually went down on or near the deadline uh starting with the Cavs and the blazers uh i thought this was interesting at least because my team was involved uh but the Cavs they ended up getting nick stauskas uh, from the blazers uh, but eventually would trade him to houston they also got wade baldwin and a 2021 second round pick as well as a 2023 second round pick as for the blazers they went ahead and got rodney hood i thought that was very interesting because rodney hood actually did pretty well uh when he wasn't surrounded by lebron james for whatever reason uh, in his years in Utah, he averaged about 18 points a game. And I even believe now, uh, even with the Cavaliers, you know, struggling right now, he has a decent average in terms of points uh, he averages. So uh, definitely a, a solid option coming off the bench. We definitely have some shooters out there right now. I uh, definitely would have liked to see a wing man come in, like maybe a, not necessarily. Well, he's a wing as well, but I was thinking more along the lines of a small forward, but I could work with that. Uh, but moving on, uh, the Lakers and Pistons got down to some business. Uh, the Lakers ended up getting Reggie Bullock, which I thought which I thought was very interesting, especially because of what the Pistons were able to get or what they were able to tr- get him for. Uh, they ended up getting, uh, the Pistons ended up getting Svee, uh, Mikkel Uke. Uh, I think he's a center, and they also got a second round pick as well, so it looks like the Lakers got a decent set, uh, shooting guard at value and um, I don't know what the Pistons are doing. I don't even know why they're giving up their pieces right now. I guess they figure they're not going to be competing anytime soon. Uh, the, again, the Lakers got a solid rotational uh, shooting guard. They could possibly put him in the, start, in the, uh, the starting mix, uh, depending on you know what they want to do. Uh, but moving on, uh, we're going to go to the Sixers and the Clippers. This was a pretty big t- uh, trade as well. Uh, the Sixers ended up getting shooting uh, small forward, excuse me, Tobias Harris, and they also got Boba Marjanovic. Uh, Clippers ended up getting Landry Shamet and also small forward Wilson Chandler. They also got center Mike Muscala, who they ended up trading to the Lakers, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they got a 2020 first round pick as well as a 2021 first round pick. So the Clippers got some draft picks. Uh, they got some play. They got some uh, some bodies they could possibly move in the offseason in terms of money. They can add some extra uh cap room with some aspiring contracts. I believe Wilson Chandler is on one, probably Shemet as well. Uh, in terms of what the Sixers were able to do, they got a good, another starting uh, 
small forward. Uh, I think they did a good job here. Tobias Harris is averaging about 18 points, maybe even 20 points a game. Uh, he, and he's pretty solid uh, this year. He was pretty solid with the Clippers. The Clippers at one point had the best record in the West, but um, definitely a part of that. And uh, he'll definitely look to help out the, the uh, Sixers. Uh, we got we got next up. We got the Bucks. Uh, we got the Bucks making a deal with the Pistons. So the Pistons really working it out, working it out with their divisional rivals. I don't see you know. I guess, if you want to help out the divisional rival. But anyways, uh, the Pistons ended up getting center Thon Maker, which in what I hear through the rumor mill means that DeAndre, I mean, sorry, Andre Drummond's there. Andre Drummond's days there are, are uh, pretty much done. And that's a little bit disappointing because I actually prefer Andre Drummond. He's one of my favorite uh, low pole scorers in the game right now. Thon Maker really hasn't showing any, anything for me especially to trade him for andre drummond who you uh, know who can get you a double double every night just about uh you know that's just one of those i guess you know the pistons really want to rebuild and uh for the for the bucks they ended up getting a uh, shooting guard stanley johnson who they ended up trading to new orleans anyways in order to acquire the skills of nikola miritich so a lot of moves from the bucks i like the miritich uh, the miritich pickup he's definitely a, vers a versatile scorer he can defend somewhat as well and uh definitely they're gonna need scoring because they're looking to take they're going well they're battling for the eastern conference right now with the raptors so uh, i think that was a good pickup for them and uh the kings and the mavs they also do business as well uh the kings end up picking up small forward harrison barnes formerly of warriors fame the mavs in my opinion look to look to have been fleeced they end up getting the services of uh og zach randolph and then justin jackson uh journeyman uh so best i can say for him hasn't really shown too much i think the kings get a reliable starter to go along with an emerging deand uh sorry De'Aaron fox also emerging buddy healed they just have a good team that's building their budding right now they're they're uh battling between you know uh you know in the playoffs and not in the playoffs at this very moment, but they look to play. Well, they've been playing a lot better basketball than they've ever, ever played. They also got Willie Cully Stein out there too. So they're looking to improve at some point. It might not happen, of course, this year, but by next year, they're looking to really take some, go some places. So I, I think it's good uh, for the magic. Uh, they also did some work as well. Uh, this time with the Sixers, uh, they end up getting point guard Markel Fultz. We already know about his drama and his messed up shoulder. Uh, and just you know his shooting percentage is going you know going down and not really uh you know living up to the hype in which he was drafted under uh as for the sixers they end up getting jonathan simmons and they also get a 2020 first round pick and also a future second round pick uh moving on uh we're we're going to talk a little bit about some Anthony Davis here. Now, of course, the Lakers, uh, they put out numerous offers. Uh, now, one of their latest offers, the last offer included Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, and Yvonne Zubak, and two first-rounders for AD uh, Anthony Davis. The Pelicans were not having that. The Pelicans really want four first-round picks. There is uh, one suggestion uh well, two places that might be willing to go through that. Uh, we're looking at Boston, who's willing to give up Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and also the draft picks as well. Well, they have they have the potential to because they have so many of them. And you also got the Clippers. They're willing to give up Danilo Gallinari as well. And, and you know, of course, those four draft picks, you know, they do have, you know, being that they have. And that's what people are saying. But, you know, in, in all reality, um, I think the best deal came from the Lakers. You had, you know, talent. You had multiple players. Uh, you had 
three, looks like three play, a whole starting five. The Lakers were getting, willing to give you a whole starting five for one dude, which would have been crazy. But they were willing to give you a full, a full starting five. Uh, it's, in terms of what Boston had, of course, they had the draft picks. Uh, it's all about, at that point, determining where, you know, those draft picks land. So, again, you have that potential there. But then you also got Jason Tatum and then Jalen Brown. And you pretty much already know what you're going to get from those two players. Same thing with Danilo Gallinari in terms of the Clippers. You already know what you're going to get from, from that guy. And then in terms of draft picks, it's all about where you land anyways, where those where, where those draft picks are going to you know eventually hit in the first round. It's, they're not going to be, you know, uh, they're going to be first round draft picks, but they're not going to be the first pick of the draft either. So you got to think about where those picks are going to land, uh, you know, end up. And as far as, you know, what the Lakers had, again, you, they were given, willing to give you a full starting five. We already, we're, we're beginning to see what Brandon Ingram can do. We are beginning to see what Kyle Kuzma can do. These are still developing players. Uh, same thing with Lonzo Ball and even maybe Ivan Zubak. So again, in my opinion, the Lakers had the best deal. The Pelicans just want to, I guess, weigh their options i guess you know i don't know what their plan is uh but anyways i'm gonna move on uh we're gonna take a quick break well i'm gonna take a quick break and when i come back i'm gonna finish everything up i'm gonna go through this aquaman movie i thought it was pretty cool so i was gonna uh break that down for y'all so i'll be right back all right y'all i am back and uh like i said i recently saw that new aquaman movie with your man jason momoa uh i i looked i well, after I watched it, I ended up doing a little IMDb search on it. I uh, saw the little uh, rating on it, 7.4. I can kind of agree with that, actually. I actually would give it a 7.5. Uh, really decent movie. Uh, actually, pretty good movie, actually. Uh, for the most part, uh, the setting, of course, is, well, it's basically giving you the beginning. Uh, basically, the beginning was the backstory of how Aquaman came to be, which is out, which is really good. I always like a, a comic book movie uh, that that shows you the backstory, that gives you an example, that gives you an examples of how you know this came to be. So I like that. I definitely give it that. Uh, definitely moves on to Atlantis and gives you some of the backstory there. So it was good in terms of, of setting the, the stage for who Aquaman is. Uh, the the in my opinion, the settings were great. Uh, the landscapes were great, especially in the underwater, especially the underwater scenes, of course. Uh, more specifically, uh, just the layouts and what they were to do, uh, especially, you know, making those new creatures and everything for, you know, for those purposes. Because they were riding around on seahorses and stuff like that. I thought that was pretty cool uh, for that for them to be able to do that. I, I definitely give those two pro two big ups for that movie. Uh, the cast itself wasn't really that bad either. Of course, Jason Momoa is, you can kind of take it or leave it in terms of his range as an actor. Uh, but he, I mean, in my opinion, he fits here. Uh, he, I mean, in my opinion, I, I, I mess with it because this is a new retelling of that type of movie so he might not because i mean i mean of course you might be looking for somebody who looks more like the comic book version but again this is the 21st century this is a new retelling of it so i i, I dig it for that uh he you know he's he's not the greatest of actors but i mean i think he d definitely gets the job done he gets the point across of being aquaman um uh, he definitely you definitely see those 21st century uh, tropes in there too with the selfies and all that so you kind of get annoyed with that but that's not too much of a of a takeaway from the movie in my opinion again those landscapes those underwater landscapes of Atlantis and those other kingdoms were really dope uh, as far as the cast going back to that uh, you also had uh, 
uh, Amber Heard playing Mira, uh, which ended up being, of course, Aquaman's love interest. Uh, you also got Ocean Master played by Patrick Wilson. I thought it was a pretty decent villain. Uh, they ended up having uh, one of the best one-on-one -on -one fights in terms of a hero and a, a villain that I've seen in a very long time. Uh, they gave us a lot of, uh, I think they took heed from the complaints of the Batman vs. Superman movie and kind of and gave you some real one-on-one -on -one fight action. And I definitely think in a movie where you're going to put a, a villain in there that, you know, you need to have a climactic type of uh, battle with, it needs to be somewhat long. It needs to be, it needs to be action packed. And they definitely did that. Uh, I definitely like the backstory of how they came to be, um, of how they came to be enemies, uh, being, you know, with their mother, uh, you know, just be, you know, their situation, uh, you know, we all know that Aquaman, well, for those of you who don't know, Aquaman is a half-breed, meaning he's part Atlantean, which you call those, yeah, people from Atlantis, and he's part human. And so apparently, you know, he's, you know, there's some negative connotations about him, but of course, uh, that led to the vanishment of his mom, uh, played by Nicole Kidman. She played Atiana, who was supposed to be the queen of the area uh, of Atlantis, and Ocean Master, played by Patrick uh, Wilson, was his uh, brother, and he ended up, you know, of course, winning the people's vote, uh, although Aquaman was supposed to be the, you know, the heir, according to, you know, to, I guess, um, I guess their tradition or their religion or whatever, which leads me to a couple of my negative points about the movie. Uh, not a, not too many, uh, but one is the whole, well, one is the whole uh, somewhat what brings the beef between uh, his brother, the Ocean Master and Aqua, Aquaman, the, you know, their whole beef. What kind of pieces that together uh, for a society like, you know, Atlantis, that's big on prophecies and all that. If Aquaman was supposed to be the guy to, to take over anyway, you know, why would you fight that? You know, y'all are just going to have to accept that for a society that did that for them to go along kind of in the middle of the movie and just say, well, we're going to just going to go with uh ocean master anyways because he's convinced all these different people because he's of pure blood well that's not what the prophecy said right aren't y'all supposed to be the people that follow prophecy i would imagine that type of society that's kind of what i was uh hoping for uh you know it, it would be more of a of a dynamic and, and even him having to force his way i would have rather him see his see him force his way with some type of you know violence and really you know do it. instead of that last little uh bit where he kind of executes one of the kings in front of his daughters and it kind of takes over like that i think you know eventually he should have because i mean come on again the prophecy says that Aquaman is supposed to be the leader of all the underwater peoples. And, you know, and this is, you know, giving some of the movie away now. But again, if that's what the prophecy says, I'm pretty much, you know, banking on those people being that type of society. I was expecting them to follow that more and maybe have that that beef be more of him, you know, actually taking things over and actually fighting with people already and having to see Aquaman come in and have to clear that up. Uh, it kind of, you know, that type of, di that dynamic, their relationship dynamic kind of waned on me because of that. Um, of course, uh, you also had a couple other people in there. Uh, William Defoe plays Volko, basically, you know, Aquaman's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Pretty solid role. Um, not too much, you know, not overbearing in the movie he had his little spot and then he was you know uh you know he's in and out of the movie but again you know one of those little you know obi-wan kenobi figures to help you out get through the big boss guy near the end you also had dragon on this one playing one of the you know underwater kingdom kings uh looking really 
I don't know. I don't know what they did with his. I mean, the CGI on him was hit and miss. I don't know what they were trying to do with him. Uh, but anyways, uh, oh, and my other issue kind of with the, the movie, uh, I definitely like the Ocean Master, the brotherly type rivalry thing they had going on. Uh, and I definitely like the design of Black Manta. His backstory was, huh, was man. But um, I, I felt they kind of just, just kind of stuck him in the movie as just like an extra fight. So you can see extra action and all that. I think, uh, hopeful. I'm pretty sure they're gonna put more of him in the second movie, uh, and make more of the second movie centered around him. And I figured if they were gonna do that, they probably should have just left him out of this first one, let the the sibling rivalry get out the way, um, and then kind of, and, and he could have been like a, in my opinion, like an auxiliary character, just kind of in and out in the mix. But to have to give him his own fight scene and. And, and that fight was kind of anticlimactic because you kind of knew where it was going to go anyways. So just the way it ended to me, I would have rather seen him show up in the second movie full-fledged, ready to go as Black Manta as, a for, as opposed to rushing it to give to give Aquaman two you know, villains in one movie to fight. I, I could have been okay with just the Ocean Master and just the drama that, again, if they would have went in more on the, on, the dra on the drama between him and the Ocean Master, that being his brother, that could have been uh you 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 could have had you could have had so much more going on with that and you probably wouldn't have needed a second villain is what i'm saying here but other than that i thought the movie was cool patrick wilson reminds me of a high school jv football coach i just needed to put that out there and get that off my chest other than that i liked him as the villain um uh you know they pretty much like i said that fight scene was pretty good that one-on-one -on -one fight scene was really good actually one of the best i've seen in a, in a while you don't really see too much of an intense one-on-one -on -one battle anymore it's always some you know some conglomerate uh, between you know two factions just like on some marvel stuff and this is one of the reasons why i prefer i've always preferred dc to marvel and again even as a on a comic book level uh, I preferred the graphic novel as opposed to just the comic book. DC has always been a, a haven for me. And just in my opinion, it, it does graphic novels well. And their movies tend to read or tend to watch like a graphic novel. And I like that. They're always edgier. They're not necessarily funny and, and meant for even, even, uh, and I think the only, the only, uh, difference with that would be probably Batman Forever and Batman, uh, Batman, uh, Batman and Robin. With the exception of those two, every every DC movie seems to have that dark, gritty edge to it. Has seemed to have some realism to it. You know, they like to bring it to the modern era and still give it some type of edge. And uh, Aquaman hits on that. I definitely liked it. Uh, of course, there were a couple issues. That, like again, I think they rushed Black Manta in there. Uh, but again, their dynamic, the beat between the brother, could have also been expanded on, in my opinion, a little bit too. Uh, but again, it hit on all marks, in my opinion. I give it a good seven and a half out of ten. Uh, and this is why I prefer, in my opinion, I've always been the type to prefer just the Marvel, the, the Capcom, I'm sorry, the DC movie, I'm sorry, the DC movies over Marvel. Just again, just more realism, realism to me, a little bit more mature. Uh, it's it's a little bit more, the humor is a little bit more highbrow. Of course, they can hit you with some low blows a little bit, but that's not the point. Uh, they get they get, they get backstories across, in my opinion, really well in DC movies. I understand uh, where Aquaman is from. I see it in my head. I think the only, in my opinion, the only good uh, Marvel movie to really encompass that is Black Panther, and I'll give you Thor Ragnarok. I definitely like when we're able to see where this person comes from, 
what their backstory is, how these other uh, people intermingle with them. And if you're going to give me a series, please show me a character arc. If you're going to give me a one-off, please give me that in, within that movie. Uh, this movie, is, it gives you a little bit of that. Of course, you saw Aquaman a little bit in uh, the Justice League movie, which I did like as well. Uh, but again, you saw a little bit more here. See some more character arc. Again, I want to see some more with Jason Momoa. See what he can what he can bring because he's a, he is a little bit dry to me. And I will give you that. So, decent movie, seven and a half out of ten. I would say check it out if you want to. And uh, for today, I'm gonna call it a wrap, y'all. Uh, my next episode, of course, I'm still working on that MLB update, uh, but I'm gonna have that compare and contrast between uh, Sugar Hill and also uh, New Jack City, my two favorite Wesley Snipes movie. I'm gonna have that ready for you guys. I'm also gonna have my year end wrap up for the uh, the NFL as well. And uh, yeah, so uh, look out for those to my next episode. And oh, now I'll actually be filling you guys in up on uh, the NBA standings to let you guys know what's going on there. So uh, I'm going to call it a wrap for today. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Uh, Y'all treat each other well. Peace and one love. I'll be, I'm out.